You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. everyone. We hope you are continuing to keep safe as we edge closer to resuming our post-COVID lives. And as COVID remains live in everything we seem to be reporting on in recent times, this week is no different. Because in the last week, we've seen the final implosion of one of the largest high street fashion chains owned by Sir Philip Green. This week, as many as 12,000 workers found out they would be losing their jobs with what appears to be little, if any, consultation. And that consultation is supposed to take place as part of their legal employment rights. Workers from Topshop, Topman, Miss Selfridge, Wallace, Burton and Dorothy Perkins all lost their jobs coming so soon after the collapse of Debenhams towards the end of 2020. Now, what is concerning about this issue is that huge numbers of staff are lining up to claim compensation after they were made redundant when their shops closed. And what is at stake here is an all-too-familiar story about companies closing down and staff losing their jobs without proper redundancy consultation with the workforce. Your employment rights on redundancy are very clear. If your company is planning to make more than 20 people redundant, there is a legal duty on your company to consult with those members of staff who are being made redundant. The only thing that changes is the way the redundancy process is supposed to take place. If the company is planning to make less than 20 people redundant, and then the process changes if more than 20 people are being made redundant. Huge companies like Arcadia, which was Sir Philip Green's company that owned all of these most recently collapsed high street shops, well, huge companies like Arcadia know full well that they are legally bound to consult in a proper way with their staff. But all too often what happens is that the impending demise of big companies is kept quiet so that potential buyers are not put off from purchasing the remains of these companies. But in the process, when you speak to workers, they will tell you that it feels like they, the workers who are the lifeblood of these companies, well, it feels to them like they are the last to be remembered. The other thing that these companies know is that if they go into liquidation, the cost of failing to consult if companies are found to be liable by employment tribunals, well, that cost, more often than not, is met by the government, which means that costs are met by the taxpayer. And the cost for failing to consult with workers 
if those companies are found liable, it can amount to 90 days wages, up to a maximum of £4,353 for each worker whose employment rights have been breached. So you can do the maths and you can see that the potential cost here could amount to over £50 million for which the British taxpayer could be liable. Which, put another way, means that the workers who are affected by this issue, in effect, will be paying for their own redundancy. And the sad thing about this situation is that there is nothing new to look at here. The list of companies who have gone bust without making proper redundancy arrangements for their workers is too many to mention. So what should your employer do if your employer decides to make you redundant? In the case of Arcadia, redundancy came about because the business was closing or parts of the business are moving. And these are legitimate redundancy reasons. If Arcadia was making fewer than 20 workers redundant in any one establishment, this would be classed as an individual redundancy. And all your employer would have to do is to meet with you at least once to tell you about the closure plans. At that meeting, you should expect to find out why your employer needs to make people redundant, how your employer will choose people for redundancy, how long the decision about who is going to be made redundant will take, when the final redundancy meetings will take place, why you have been chosen for redundancy, how you are able to appeal any redundancy decision if you believe you've been unfairly chosen for redundancy and what other jobs are available for you in the company, which could mean that you don't have to be made redundant. Because these types of redundancies of less than 20 people are very much left to run how the company wants to run them, if you believe the decision to choose you for redundancy is unfair, then it's best to say so at the earliest opportunity so your employer knows how you feel about being made redundant. Earlier is better, since you might not be able to recover any lost ground if you leave matters too long. If, however, your employer is making 20 or more people redundant in any one establishment within a 90-day period, this is a different kind of redundancy and it's called a collective redundancy. And for this type of redundancy, your employer has to follow a different process. In collective redundancy situations, your employer must consult with everyone who is going to be affected by the redundancies. And the employer must also speak to the people the employees have chosen to represent them at those redundancy negotiations. So some of the people who might be chosen to represent you, if you're one of those people selected for redundancy, might be representatives from workers' councils or trade unions or even your colleagues. Whoever you choose, the employer should speak to those people on your behalf. 
Your employer is also expected to use a fair and objective way of selecting people to make redundant. And it should be based on evidence that identifies why one worker is being chosen over another worker. If, however, your employer bases the decision to end your job by using unfair reasons like how they feel about you or just wanting to get rid of you to bring in someone else whom they prefer to do your job, you might be able to make a claim at an employment tribunal for a breach of your employment rights because you have the right not to be unfairly selected for redundancy whether your employer is making less than 20 people redundant or more than 20 people redundant. Whether an employer is using an individual or collective redundancy process, if your employer is making you redundant, your employer should try to offer you suitable alternative employment within their organisation or within their associated companies. Your employer is expected to do everything possible and to consider all alternatives to making you redundant and should discuss those alternatives with you. If no alternative employment can be found for you, your employer can make you redundant and it's at that point that you would be entitled to a statutory payment as long as you've been employed by your employer for two consecutive years or more. And your payment will be calculated based on how long you've been continuously employed by the company. The calculation will also look at your age and your weekly pay rate up to a limit of £538 a week, which was the rate that came in on the 6th of April 2020. Although that rate will likely increase slightly at the start of the new tax year in April 2021. Now, companies can have more generous redundancy packages as part of the company's enhanced contractual arrangements or discretionary redundancy schemes. But if this is the case, then your employer has a duty to ensure that these schemes are applied fairly across all their workforces of all statuses. And that means temporary workers, part-time workers all statuses have to have equal access to these schemes. And the employer cannot treat people who belong to protected characteristic groups in an unfair way and deny them access to these schemes. So you can see, just by taking a brief look at how redundancy processes are supposed to run, that the sudden announcement of the closure of the Arcadia Group for hundreds if not thousands of workers potentially meant that some of the workers may not have been given their full redundancy rights. In this time of job insecurity, it's really important that if you have two or more years of continuous employment, it's important that you request a copy of your company's policies and procedures about your employment rights at work and you should familiarise yourself with them so that you are more in tune with what is happening for you at work, especially if or when things go wrong. If your company has an intranet, 
You will find your company policies and procedures online and you'll be able to download them to your work computer and then email them to yourself at home. So you then have them to hand if you need them. And that's it for this week. You can refer to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast for any additional help you may need with raising a complaint about unfair treatment at work, especially if you feel you've been subjected to unfair redundancy procedures. You do have to bear in mind that there is a three month time limit on this. So if your redundancy happened more than three months ago, it's unlikely you will be able to do anything about it. We do have a really good download that can help you to raise a grievance at work so you can ask your employer to investigate your concerns. Just head to the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast and you'll find the links there. On a final note, Please spare a moment to like and share the podcast with others and to leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening to the podcast. Have a great week and thanks for listening. Bye for now.